I'm introducing the podcast this week. Hey. <laughs> I haven't thought about what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing every episode, but it's just it is. But I have no, I have no memory. I'm like a little goldfish here. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, welcome to the Grim Reader podcast. We are three best friends, down to two again this week because <laughs> Chloe can't be here. But we are three best friends, usually who um, pick books. We show each other the covers. We try and guess what they're about, and then we review them. That wasn't as concise. But I got no, I got the point still, across. You got the point across. That's the main yeah. thing. There were no follow-up questions. Everyone understood. Hopefully <laughs> there's no follow-up questions. Um, um we're both recording in Cork this week. Oh my god. Just in two Not separate together. locations. Yes. Two Not together separate yet. locations. Um I can't wait for the day that we can like have like a, a podcast couch. <laughs> podcast couch <laughs> um, and we can all sit around the podcast couch with cups of tea and like have our books in person and be passing them around like and like a little book club yeah oh my god um, <laughs> but recording would probably take way longer oh five <laughs> times as long um but... I think you've forgotten like how fidgety I really am because I I know I probably. go off topic on the podcast like socially but like mm. <laughs> physically I'm like <laughs> Yeah. See, at least this isn't a visual medium, so it's only myself and Chloe that will ever know that. Do you know? Yes. No one will see it, so it's fine. <laughs> but um, I've had to come back to Cork for work. Um, I'm returning to work in person, so it is an essential reason why I left home. And um, I'm not gonna lie, it was really sad <laughs> leaving. Oh. Um, saying goodbye to my little brother was very tough traumatizing um, oh he's just such a cutie but um, I know he's a sweetheart he, he really is and um that last week I kind of ended up like not really doing much because I was on Easter holidays and I was like look I'm probably gonna have to leave I'm just gonna spend lots of time with him so we ended up watching like lots of movies and like things like that and he got into this bit of a habit of oh he loves the animated series Mr Bean and he's watching it on my Netflix but anyway after like 40 minutes it kind of is like are you still watching it so he'd come up to find me wherever I was out in the garden reading or upstairs in my room and anyway I was teaching on Tuesday doing like some makeup lessons or like extra lessons for students and he just like barges in he goes it stopped and then he sees the student he goes what you doing and I was like I'm teaching no 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 I was like, oh my God, I'm teaching Fergal. I was like trying to shut the door on him. And I, he was like, no, 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 it stopped. <laughs> he was trying to drag me out of the chair. I was like, um, I'll be down later. Like two and a half hours later, I come downstairs. And he's like not talking to me. <laughs> so, he's holding um, it against you. Officially. Yeah, he was holding it against me. So I was like, that's nice. Thanks, Fergal. But, he's uh, such a little sass machine. Oh, he really is. He's, <laughs> oh, like he will Janie Mack, like he's so mischievous. Like he'll find this thing that you really don't like and he'll do it repeatedly. Oh. Oh, he's just, oh. Because um, like my mom He lives me, for the drama. Oh, he <laughs> loves it. He absolutely loves it. Like his thing at the moment is when he's going to bed, uh, the playroom is beside the sitting room and he'll pass through anyway and then he'll turn off the TV, 
turn off the box so you can't even just switch the TV back on. You have to go get up and switch the box on. And then he'll turn all the lights on as well before he leaves. And then he'll be like, night, night. (laughs) (laughs) You little evil little sod. And as well, I've tried to go in to say like goodnight to him and things like that. And then he'll just go, okay, night, night, dad. And you're like, that's, that's lovely. (laughs) You, you precious lovely sweet child um <laughs> like he just he knows the things that bother you and those things oh. bother me but um spending the I week with him, really him. Nice. <laughs> I know. it's he's really just, hard not to love he's him. a little puppeteer like he knows exactly when oh to absolutely yeah. <laughs> but uh he is he's so cute but um we were watching movies and he has a few favorites that we've all seen about a million times you know kids they get obsessed and I was kind of deliberately being like, no, it's broken. We can't watch that one. No, no, I don't want to watch that. Oh, and like, like Frozen, Frozen is broken. Frozen is offline today. <laughs> it's Frozen. He loves Aladdin, which I did watch Aladdin with him because it's been a while. Um, mm-hmm. But like I, I usually try to give him like three options of movies and he'll pick one anyway. Didn't I not look at one of the options I picked and it turned out to be what was it something we've watched like a million times I was like no 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 this was a mistake this was a mistake and like we were having a full-blown argument about it (laughs) like it's not really an argument because it's just like pantomime like yes and no back and forth with him Um, and eventually (laughs) you know behind you he he climbs up and he just puts it on you're there kind of having to suffer for like two hours watching a movie with him but Rebecca, in fairness, you did it to yourself. I did do it to myself. I stupidly did it to myself. But that's been my week. Uh, <laughs> as well as coming back to my room and being absolutely terrified of how many spiders I would find this time around. And to you know what? So far, none of them have shown their faces if they are in the room. So I'm, be- I'm, I'm kind of trying to believe that there's none. I know Um, it's the dustiness of returning post-quarantine. Post-quarantine when you're like I haven't been here in months and you're like oh sweet (laughs) Jesus because the last time I came it was filled with spiders like there was one behind my desk there was one in each corner of the room there was one literally beside my bed oh I was there with the hoover I was like right this is it (laughs) because I death to you all (laughs) death to you all um so yeah that's that's my news for the week Mm. Uh, I don't have much news my sister accused me of dropping her on her head (laughs) (laughs) I have a I have a 12 year old sister and she's the light of my life and she's just she's so cool Mm, she really is but like like the rest of our family she is heavily dyspraxic (laughs) we are like the most uncoordinated family that's ever lived she was going down the stairs and I have these narrow winding stairs. She was going down those and I had been kind of slagging her all week for knocking things. And I was like, oh my God, I have to tie a hoover to your back. Like you're desperate. And she was going down the stairs and she was so paranoid at spilling the popcorn in her hands that she sat on her arse to like butt scoot down so that she wouldn't drop them and anyway they still ended up all over the floor so I she was giggling at the end of the stairs and I could hear her and I I went over to the landing and I was like what's wrong she was like I'm after spilling the popcorn I was like oh my god so I was helping her um, pick them up and I was slagging her and I was like oh my god Sally like we need to bring you somewhere (laughs) I was like 
we need to get something done like what is up with you this week and she was skating and she was like you're as clumsy as I am and I was like I am not and she was like you're so clumsy it's probably your fault I'm like this you probably dropped me on my head she's just there's no one as funny as she is oh she can be a savage so she can the self-deprecation of it all She literally, like, she'll mock herself to mock me. So we'll get started on books. I am up first this week, my book, and I'll just send the picture off to Yes. I have a lot to talk about with this book, so. I know, and I have been warned that, like, as the grim reader states, this is grim. (laughs) And it's really weird because this is a book that I've kind of been intrigued by the cover before, and I've seen it, and I just didn't get the vibe that this was going to be dark until Becca was like when we were kind of deciding our order and like what week we'd do what Mm. book the only thing we kind of agree on is like let's not do like the most bleak of books all together (laughs) yeah no I think we learned that from episode 13 we were like that probably wasn't the best move and it came out around valentine's day we were like we did not think this through episode 13 like what um so yeah, uh, we really live up to our name of being grim, but uh, no, it was, you brought this up with me, was it two weeks ago or something like that? You were saying that you were doing a book order and this book was on the list. I was like, yeah, and I'm it's covering funny this when soon. I, I'm really bad with ordering books. Like there's, it's very rare that I order a book based on the blurb mm. when it's online. A lot of the time I just order by the cover, cover. by the author. Yeah. And by the way, like, do you know, if I see an author that I like reviewing it, like rarely will I read into the story. And to be honest, it's led me to some of my best finds because like the book I have today, I wouldn't have picked it up based on the blurb. And uh, I ordered it online and like very cool read. But anyway, let's get into I'm looking at My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell. And already we've got two reviews on the cover by two fab authors. So we have Louise O'Neill and she wrote Asking For It. Yes, she did. By her, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it says the book everyone will be talking about in 2020. And then my man, Stephen King, said it's a package of dynamite. So to be honest, I should have assumed it was going to be dark by those two authors. (laughs) Yes, you should have. That gives it away. But the cover doesn't. So we're looking at that. That lovely shade that we keep bringing it back to. That like nude. that nude Irish, slightly sunburned skin. Or nipple colored. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nipple colored. That, that's great. It's the color <laughs> of a nip. Um, and then we've got this gorgeous. So the background is that like, kind of nipple colored beige. We've got the font in the same color and outlined by um, a big strand of like this gorgeous like orange hair. And then Vanessa is in lovely, like, cyan blue. The colour scheme is so fab. Drown me in orange and blue. <laughs> like, you know Coco? Yeah. That whole film is built on orange and blue, and so is Mad Max. And I associate them together because of the colours. <laughs> so now this, maybe this book is somewhere between, like, Day of the Dead. <laughs> Day of the Dead and dystopian road rage. <laughs> Okay. Um. <laughs> Maybe not though. Okay. The vibe I'm getting. Oh, this is a hard cover, Becca. You're welcome. 
<laughs> it's really annoying because I knew you were going to do this book this week and I, I didn't like let myself prepare anything. <laughs> so give me a minute. I think I'm going to go at my gut and I don't know why my gut is telling me this book is about a mermaid. <laughs> it's like the totally not what I was expecting because you had mentioned Coco, <laughs> Day of the Dead, Mad Max. I was like, okay. You don't understand how my brain works, but it's not really your job don't. too, okay? I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I am getting a mermaid fantasy. And I, oh no. And I don't know why the hair doesn't look like it's wet, but okay. I have a theory. It's actually not a mermaid. I'm like, okay. I'm building my Because I would have gotten Ariel vibes. Like Ariel has fab that hair. That could be, that could be where I got yeah. it from, yeah. Because mm-hmm. we're, it is orange though. She is a redhead. She's an Irish mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> an Irish Colleen mermaid. It explains the colour uh, of the skin as well of the background. An Eask Manaw. I'm so afraid of that. I need to get to the point. Okay, ADHD. I am looking at my Derek Vanessa and in my own fantasy, this is about a girl living in, um, I think it's set around the 1970s. Yes. And she's in the UK. Don't know why. Don't ask me to back it up. Okay. <laughs> she's in the UK. I think she actually could be in Scotland and maybe that's the red hair coming in. But anyway, it's in Scotland. It's it's a it's a village out of the city. And um this girl is after drowning. And the thing with this girl that um that has the village kind of captivated by her is everyone has seen her but mm. no one actually knows anything about her. Okay. Like up till this moment, she's kind of been a character in the village. Like you'll see her walking around. She buys the same newspaper every morning. She reads her book by the lake and um, she doesn't really speak to anyone. So like when she's spoken to, she'll smile like really politely, but won't really say anything. And she doesn't seem to have any family. She's never spotted talking to anyone at all. And, um, all of a sudden her body is found in the lake she sits at every single day with her book and it's found in really mysterious circumstances they don't suspect um that it was self-inflicted they suspect foul play and it's it's that like lowly kind of small small town village cop (laughs) who's left to kind of figure out who she is Mm -hmm. and I think the the police officer's son is actually who is like the most intrigued by this. I think he's a teenager and he's just seen her around and he's he he knows there's something to unlock with what happened to her. And it's more than just a tar- targeted kind of a, a murder. There's something more to it. And I think we're going to slip into the vibe of like maybe there's a cult okay mm-hmm. so oh am i getting like close am i like marco poloing this bit about a cult <laughs> continue on i'm not gonna give anything away oh my god i know exactly it's a mermaid cult oh sweet jesus it, what's the irish word for eask cult 
I don't decided, know the word for cult, but I'll look it up while you I've continue decided, on with your story. I've decided Eisk is the translation for mermaid. Um, so I think this this teenager whose dad is an officer is like determined he's going to figure out what happened to her. So as her, her dad is kind of uncovering the murder, he does believe it's a murder, but because there's no evidence and the town is so freaked out by this killing, he makes the decision to decide that, look, we're actually, we're going to call this. Vaiden Vara is Vara. No, it's Ask I'm no, sure it's not. of it. I knew I was like, it's definitely not Ask <laughs> I was like, I know the word Fish for this. Fishwoman. Uh, Vara. So, or Maiden Vara. So it's um, Kuntus Maiden Vara. Ask Yeah. Fish woman. <laughs> okay, sorry, I completely interrupted you there, but. Uh... So, Becca. Okay. You listening? Yes. <laughs> So this this story is so wild. Like I can't. I don't know where I'm going. Neither do I. I I'm just lost on this adventure with you. So just keep coming. Just keep yeah. going. You know. Um. So the cop decides that because there's a lot of pressure from the village, like, and they're all so freaked out because this girl, she was very quiet and very innocent, and just she she didn't ever like no one had a bad opinion of her hmm. she was just a nice pleasant quiet girl um with no family and um everyone kind of felt really really sad when it happened because there wasn't anyone to really miss her or to even notice she was gone like if it wasn't for the body being found in the lake they wouldn't have known anything happened to her because nobody knew this girl hmm. so the village is really freaked out they think there's a killer and even though the detective of the police knows there is, um, he decides it's best to um, to calm the public down since there's no way he can crack this case. There's no leads to say that it was a suicide. Sad. So there's no justice for this woman. And That's this lying. Teenager, That's not how she died. I know it's not. There's something's gone wrong. And this teenager who's his son is really, really, really upset with his father about like, like, why would you lie? Like your job is to find the perpetrator and to protect mm. us. And you're like knowingly letting someone get away with this because, you know, because you can't crack it. So he kind of makes it his life's work to figure out what happened to this girl oh. Vanessa I don't even think they have a surname for her I think her name is literally Vanessa so he grows up um he, it's around the 90s now okay he's in his 30s he's really estranged from his father this has really dented their relationship and um the son isn't working in the police he's actually a journalist and um absolutely hates the police hates everything his father stood for because I think like his career is now like talking about like corrupt policing and, you know, like officers not fulfilling their obligations and their duties. And he's determined that like this girl is going to be like the martyr for like, we're always going to find, mm. we're always going to find out what happened to the victim. We're always going to seek justice. So right as he um, is still in the middle of finding this murder and he's kind of starting to lose hope a little bit another body washes up and she's identical damn and no one knows where the fuck the body came from it's bizarre and i think this is oh okay this is like it's a haunting 
like it's weird how alike this woman is and this man in the village seems to be the only one reacting to it everyone else is kind of oh yeah it's weird isn't it yeah and he's like what the fuck this is so weird that's really not a normal reaction to be like oh yeah okay like yeah they're all dead body like yeah they're all kind of like we don't know where because the world's kind of moved on a bit and people aren't as scared anymore and people are like this village has kind of found wealth now and they all want to go about their jobs and when someone's murdered on your someone's doorstep been murdered. You're, yeah you're gonna be concerned. Like, exactly no you should be so because this involved. woman again doesn't have any family it's like what the hell and i think what happens is yes they were all involved this society um is like built on the premise of a sacrifice every 25 years <laughs> the whole town is a cult oh <laughs> the my son God. was the only one who knew or alternate ending the second murder didn't happen and this guy is just like unhinged by the first one and kind of makes it all up in his paranoia anyway that's my that's my conclusion someone write the book i think it's a good idea <laughs> that is that is a really interesting book um idea we we got a little bit lost at the start we did but um, we found we our got, way we got really lost <laughs> and um yeah but you know we had mermaid cults we had mermaids originally yeah. and we didn't know what we were doing the mermaids the mermaids got hit at the chopping room floor like they got cut out yeah they did yeah they did <laughs> this i would be intrigued by that book so i would this unfortunately is a lot darker Hey, this is Editing Becky here. The following book that we're going to be discussing is My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell. And it has some very heavy trigger warnings, um, those being rape, sexual assault, grooming and other things along those lines. Um, Please feel free, if you would be upset by that, to skip forward to Nikki's book, which is around the 50 minute mark. Darker um, than that? What? It's, it's a lot darker. Um, oh my god! I would say that um, before I start talking about this book, my dark Vanessa, I will put uh, quite a lot of trigger warnings. Um, oh my god! So uh, massive warning if you want to skip ahead to Nikki's book. Uh, this book features uh, sexual assault, mm. grooming, rape, trauma. Um, yeah. Um, so I do, uh, I will not blame you for skipping forward through this, but if you would like to listen, I will talk about this. So this book is a recent book. It was published in 2020 and, um, I did read the blurb, but I think I, I bought it and then kind of forgot I had it there and I was like, oh, it's on my Kindle. I'll read it. And, ah. I did not re-familiarize myself with what exactly I had bought. So this book, it's regarded as a controversial book, and I will get mm-hmm. into that later. Oh, so the- Isabel's going to be so pleased. She loves <laughs> She loves, my sister book. loves the controversial books. Um, I don't know if she'll read this one, though. Uh, so this book details the grooming. And like a lot of times in reviews or kind of articles I've read about this book there's a lot out there on this book Mm -hmm. they refer to it as the sexual relationship I don't want to call it a sexual relationship I'm going to say the grooming um, the grooming (laughs) of a 15 year old student (gasps) Vanessa by her 42 year old teacher Jacob Strain 
Oh, it's the love lessons, Jacqueline Wilson of it all. Um, so that is why no. I don't want to call it the sexual relationship. No, because you're dead right. The grooming. It's grooming. So the book is kind of told in kind of two points of view, all from Vanessa, but from two different age, ages. So we kind of switch back and forth um, between very big sections of her as a 15 year old as it's happening. And then when she's much older at 32 years of age. So it's kind of present day and kind of looking back in the mm-hmm. past, but it's still told, I think, in present tense. So um, let's talk about 15-year-old Vanessa first. Oh, um, so she att- is attending a very elite boarding school, and I think it might be in Maine or Connecticut, something like that. If it's in Maine, that's why Stephen King reviewed it. <laughs> Um, so she's attending this very elite boarding school I think she got in she's very bright very academic and um, this is her second year there Um, we kind of meet her at the start of the book when she's just had a very big falling out with her best friend who used to be her roommate and we kind of find out later why in the book Um, but she's very much kind of isolated at the start and um, you know Immediately, you can sense that she's vulnerable. Um, so enter Jacob Strain, 42-year-old teacher. Fuck and, um, you know, when you read this as an older person, you know, you immediately see what he's doing to her. Do you know, you can see those little techniques that he's building up to kind of manipulate her. And, you know, he's beginning to groom her, do you know? And, you know, you, you know, you know, he's focused in on that vulnerability that she has. He notices that she's isolated from from everyone. She doesn't have any friends. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he starts complimenting her poetry. He, he kind of, um, you know, she's aspirations of becoming a poet or, or a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, when she's in class, when Dane, he's correcting her work, he touches her knee. And because she doesn't react, he's like, moving on to the next step. Oh, um, he starts lending her books. And in particular, a lot of books that deal with relationship, well, not relationships. Oh, like the um, Lolita kind of stuff. Yes, he lends her Lolita. Oh, no, I knew it. Um, Absolutely yes, and knew that, it. <laughs> that book is heavily featured throughout this. this oh, um, no. Oh, I hate... Oh my God, I was on Facebook Marketplace the other day and someone was selling books and they had the most questionable pile of books. I was like, someone needs to call the Gardaí. Yeah. It was like Lalita. And it was like, I don't know, like the book file just got worse and the yeah, combination of them all. I was it's like, a book that oh no. I, I just, I just can't. But um, you can see oh, it's a red start, flag. It's a massive red flag, but it's, it's kind of all these series of tests he puts her through to to make sure that you know he'll get away with it pretty much Ugh. and um he starts to make her think that they are pretty much the same you know age is just a number between the two of them and let's just say that if you are a 42 year old man you should not be with a 15 year old girl like, sorry okay. it's, it's a simple fact it's a simple fact you're a, she you're is a minor a creep <laughs> She is oh. a child. Um, it'd be the same if it's a 42-year-old woman with a 15-year-old boy. They're a child. Um, oh, God. I'm so, so you see this and, you know, he he's kind of really ostracizing her further from anybody her own age. Um, she starts going to his office all the time. Um, 
like eventually she starts going to his home um and you know you're there kind of going no please don't you know the whole way through and I mean there's a quote here I've written down um uh you're the same as me separate from others craving dark things so he's kind of piling all this into her mind thinking oh, that I hate you know, the title now with that destined, quote yeah it is it's it, it's the nickname is from him my dark Vanessa it's from a poem oh, and Rolling, Rebecca. <laughs> like it, it's absolutely awful. He he pretends that everything the ball is in her court the whole time. It's it's all her that's driving it. But you're like, no, it's not. Do you know? And I think mm-hmm. there are times when she's like, this wasn't me who brought this situation around. And you know, so I mean, it's you're there, kind of going. Her fifteen year old mind can't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Do you know, and I mean, as a reader, you kind of feel like this is not the first time he's done it either. Oh, um, because he, yeah, no, it sounds a bit. It too sounds fun. like he he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, so it, it is. It's incredibly. I will say this is a very difficult book to read. Um, mm-hmm. Vanessa at both points romanticizes this relationship, and you know she she kind of. I mean, there are points in this book that you're like, did you really have to make this fantasy of them together? Like, it, it is absolutely disgusting. And, you know, the amount of reviews I've read that people saying it's an important book, I would agree to a, a point, but I think the amount of rape scenes and sexual assault and that that are in it, did they all have to be in there? No. And, you know, yeah. even there's a lot that happens I'm not giving everything away there's a lot of really really traumatic events uh happening when she's 15 year old 15 years old that you're like no one comes out to protect her um you know it all hits the fan it's bad and then kind of (laughs) you think okay hopefully the older version I think we meet her when she's older first uh when she's 32 and you're like please please sweet jesus please please let things have worked out for her okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um when she's 32 we kind of see how much this has really affected her and traumatized her and you're kind of heartbroken because you know you're switching between the two and you're you're hoping that maybe you know there's justice for her when she's older that things have turned around that you know she she's gotten therapy all that but no uh she is oh it's really she's clearly deeply unhappy she's very depressed oh um she's still in contact with strain they've always no. been in contact yep no 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 yeah it's it's literally that whenever he he's mentioned it all i'm like i <laughs> want to kill oh, you no. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. it's um oh, god she's working as a hotel receptionist and i think she she kind of feels like she's wasted her her life you know and it, it's she tries to kind of i think numb herself with with um smoking weed and drink and kind of sex with men and all this and she's after coming out of a kind of a relationship with someone else and mm. I think why it crumbled was because of string um because of his involvement in her life and that she couldn't see how bad he was for her so this when she's 32 it's set in 2017 and um that is the time when the me too movement was really sweeping 
across the world yeah. and um at the very start of the book we find out that strain has been accused by another former student of sexual assault and rape and um she reaches out to Vanessa for her to come forward as well um that there are definitely more of them yeah and that you know um she'll finally get um justice that, that there was always rumors about Vanessa in the school um and you know and it's really difficult because she she doesn't view herself as a victim even though she is mm-hmm. do you know you're there like oh sweetie please you know please talk to someone and let them kind of show you or help you um to kind of put some of this trauma behind her and she refuses um the offer of coming forward and there is kind of bits where you know people try to push her into coming forward and you're like look you can't do that either either. that that's Mm -hmm. not right either so this portion of the book sees her struggling with finding out that she wasn't the only one with strain Mm -hmm. that you know she thought she was the special one that he risked his entire life to be with her and you know it's it's kind of this kind of downfall of this whole fantasy she had of the two of them together um but anyway he reaches out they're still in contact but he reaches out and he asks her not to go public with her information about their past and she agrees oh and she describes their Oh, I hate using the word relationship there. The relationship between herself and Strain as um, I wasn't abused, not like that, not raped, raped. And oh, I mean, there's a point girl. in the book where she does actually tell someone she was raped by him. And I think it's quite a big moment of realization. And then she kind of suddenly is like, no, no, there's consequences if I say this. Like, there's a lot of manipulation, there's a lot of threatening. It really shows how victims are made to be silenced, you know, mm-hmm. by their abusers. And, you know, in that sense, I do think it is very important to see how somebody might not come forward because of the behavior from their abuser. How yeah. they'll be made to feel like they are special, that they were loved, that. Yeah, and, and like, just no. how complex that trauma it really is. It's the, really, it really, really is complicated. a ripple effect. Yeah. Um, so it is it when I say this book I remember telling Nikki that there was a book or I think I tweeted about it from the podcast account that there was a book that had completely destroyed me after reading it this was it oh um, god it's off my reading list I'm never it's, I'm not it's, able for this it's one that <laughs> if you do want to read it, it is it's a very very powerful book is there parts that I think didn't need to be included absolutely um you know, it's it may, raises a lot of questions throughout the book. But yeah, it, it, it's one that I even I find difficult talking about because I know whatever stance I take on it, oh. you know, there's going to be people who will fight you on it. But um, yeah, it is. It's if you want to read something very heavy or educate yourself on maybe the complex relationship or a complex conversation around rape or um yeah because I always see I hate when I see it but I always see it online in some context like Mm. I'll just see it every so often that someone will be like I've no sympathy for her because she didn't go to the police and she didn't help herself and it's 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 total lack of understanding of what 
what happens to you in these kind of instances like there it isn't it isn't that cut and dry it's not no. it's like going to the police isn't the answer it's for not black everyone. And white. I think with this book I I haven't I haven't covered some of the stuff that does happen in this book that would make you see why someone would not come forward I have mentioned the threatening but one of the biggest things that happens I could not imagine the trauma or the effect that that had had on her Apart from that, we'll get into kind of the controversy around it. So uh, after this book was released, um, I couldn't quite find a time frame, but potentially um, quite soon after it was released, um, the author was accused of stealing the plot of this book (gasps) from uh, Wendy Ortiz, um, who uh, wrote it. The, The plot is very similar to her memoir, Excavation, which describes how she was groomed by a teacher when she was 13. Um, So this led to a lot of kind of conversations around the book. And, you know, it's something that I think I haven't seen any mention of this claim being taken back. Um, The author, Kate Elizabeth Russell, did admit that she did read this book in her um, research um, but oh, she said she okay. also read about 80 other books that are around similar titles and, oh, and films it and all this. Mm, and it could have kind of just in like, you know, when you when you have an idea and it's actually I do this in songwriting quite a lot. I'll write something and I won't realize until after that, like that baseline I'm convinced was mm. founded in my own mind is actually a song that I listen to all the time that I just completely subconsciously ripped off (laughs) it's it's something that it's mentioned in actually quite nearly all the articles that I read um about this book when I was researching and um not as much mentioned on Goodreads now I have to say okay um but any article like the Guardian um the LA Times um couldn't get into the New York Times one about this because you have to pay. <laughs> I was like, nope. Um, those are just a few. I've closed down my tabs now that I can't see what I was researching, but pretty much all of them. And I, if you know me at all, I do a lot of research. Mm-hmm. So it really does make me question it. I will want to kind of have a little look into that a bit further. Um, mm-hmm. But from that, then a lot of people, I mean, uh, the author, um, had to delete her Twitter account. I don't know, has that now <gasps> gone up? She was getting a lot of backlash online. And then questions were raised about whether it was her right to tell a story like this or not. And, you know, it raises a lot of questions for authors in general, I think. Do you know, like, yeah, what can you an- write about? And, it was she a lot of people demanding that she come out and confirm whether this was actually a work of autofiction actually based on her own experiences um and she did come out and did say that it was based on some experiences but to categorize it as a work of biography would be a misrepresentation of it as well as of herself um so she did say it is based on some experiences that she had to live through as a teenager. But I think a quote that I actually wrote down, which I do agree with what she says here is, I do not believe that we should compel victims to share details of their personal trauma with the public. Opening mm-hmm. up further about their past would invite inquiry that w- could be re-traumatizing. Yeah. Which I would, would 100% agree with. I think that need for people to 
demand that kind of information you're like no one needs to tell their story there's no you you don't no one deserves the no one deserves anyone else's story no like that's not how it works um it's it's something that I was really shocked about finding out that that was what she faced after writing this book do you know you're there kind of going like oh sweet Jesus you know that is horrific do you even if you thought that it might be somehow involved you know inspired by her personal life you're just like you have no right to actually ask her that's so invasive no it's invasive and it is traumatic you know you're bringing Ah. back these very painful memories even if she did write it or it was partly inspired by her personal life does not mean that you have to have confirmation of that fact um yeah I was really shocked by that and I do agree with her quote um that you should not that that information is shared by you if you want to do it or not um but it's no one's right to know but yeah it's it's a book that just oh sweet Jesus um you know I I think I put up on the Instagram like is there a character that you would like to see get rid of or face their comeuppance Jacob Strain is one that evil I'm just man. like I would like this evil man to be gone now I would like uh, him to, to be, be lit on fire <laughs> um it, it's just it's horrific um but a little note about uh Kate Elizabeth Russell um, I'm really sad for her that regardless yeah. of whether you know like if a title like you know like stealing even if she did kind of try and manipulate this other book and kind of weave her own narrative based on it, I that I don't know that kind of backlash is it, that doesn't amount to I, I I don't know I don't agree with I don't agree with that kind of hate for yeah. anyone like that's very very upsetting to hear that she went through this like it is it is very upsetting and I think it's wrong do you know um like this is this was her debut book and that's the reaction that she faced um like I could not imagine um that kind of hate I would assume um it's hate that she was getting but uh I will talk about uh, Kate Elizabeth Russell I have a feeling now the book was set in Maine because Kate Elizabeth Russell was born and raised in eastern Maine that's why um, Stephen King read it, bitch. Yeah. Um, so she holds an MFA from Indiana University and has a PhD from the University of Kansas. Um, this book was um, used as her um, work for, I think, her PhD. And mm-hmm. like some of the comments, like she's done a lot of interviews about this book, um, obviously in the kind of press releases and all that for it coming Mm -hmm. up and she says that like in her program like a lot of her supervisors and that were like Vanessa isn't likable and like you know write it from the teacher's point of view and she said she actually did do that because you know you have to do what your supervisor says and you know she said like it didn't sit right with her and like they actually enjoyed reading it from his point of view more and I was like if you had chapters from um Jacob Strain in there I would have ripped the pages out of my I would have had to buy the book rip the pages out and burn them um because I do not want to be brought into I don't want to empathize with his mind I'm I'm not empathizing (laughs) with him at all um because he's a cold manipulative bastard um I love children I love Um, the side of Becca you drag him bitch he deserves to be dragged I'm sorry um 
he I'm not sorry at all he is an evil man this book it is dark it is very dark um but yeah it's just interesting and you know there is if you want to go into researching books I would recommend it like it's very interesting to sometimes see what inspired a book like she said she started thinking about this plot line back when she was in her teens could be wrong but around 13 years old she had the idea of Vanessa and Strain and um because she read the book Lolita so it's kind of how her viewpoint changed as well as she got older but um yeah it's it's never a good point when Lolita comes into it if if Um, you're being if it's being um yeah I hate that that book exists I really hate that that book exists I hate Mm. that the movie exists I hate this whole I hate this trope like there's a part of me that doesn't like even that being written because I I don't like I don't like because I think as well I mean I read um in one of the articles I can't remember what um company was it Vogue or Vanity Fair or something like that called Lolita one of the greatest love stories of all time and you're like fuck off that is the (laughs) rape of a 12 year old girl sorry no Um, I I don't even want to like like how can you call it that it's it's kind of this glamorization and romanticizing of this and it's sick illegal they've done it like that was the 2000s yeah yeah like that was the 2000s when you think of like the way Britney Spears was marketed Mm. in her like in her entire early career the image they gave her the image they gave Jessica Simpson like this is a fucking like this is an issue and this is something that's been happening and being the forefront and it's warped it's like the media has done it like we've warped people into thinking that this shit is like some people think this shit is normal like it's it's really not sickening and this whole thing like this was a conversation I had about two weeks ago as well because this whole thing of like when Billie Eilish turned 18 and people were going oh thank god celebrating that she turned 18 oh that was disgusting sickening that was disgusting and and bad barbie turned 18 like recently it's just sick like it's absolutely sick and deluded that people oh i i don't know oh i i could get so odd (laughs) it's 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 something that you're like yes this needs to be a conversation needs to be happening about this and that you know because it's so widespread it's so widespread you know how many times have you felt uncomfortable when a much older man usually or person in the park today. You and you're like I was in the park today reading my book and this man was just openly staring at me like turned around on the bench just to stare at me and I was like I'm not fucking moving because this is this is my this is what I want to be doing and I was just like I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this no. situation <laughs> no I would I would leave like I when I was at home this happened about two weeks ago um I went for a walk with my parents at night and the only reason I would walk at night is if I was with someone mm-hmm. um, usually my dad potentially but anyway we'd just eaten and I started getting a cramp and I was like look I'll turn home we were I was about maybe 15 minutes from my house I live um we live in the city where we are and um I was like I'll be fine and they were like take the dog I was like no 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 she'll drag it's grand she wants to, she she deserves a good walk and about, I'd say, five minutes after leaving them, a man stopped me and 
literally was trying to get me to go home with him and I was like <gasps> absolutely not and like late at night I was there like he was I was like not I uh, got my phone out rang my boyfriend straight away and was like checking that he wasn't following and I literally saw another young girl running and I was like literally was like Mateo I have to I have to stop I have to warn this girl and told her I was like I would avoid that street like he's potentially still hanging around there and like it's the fact I have you know well, people are like oh it's not that big of a deal it is it is a big deal for us it is when we have to we do leave. that because like this man like a man asking you something or a man staring at you it should that's not the wrong it's the wrong is that what could potentially potentially happen happen. yeah and you're we like the the thing that makes me sad is I know for a fact that every single woman listening to this right now has a a dozen a hundred similar experiences where they felt they felt that fear yeah and they're like we don't have any reason not to feel the fear because we're being told it's being proven time and time again that these things are still happening to women that these things are still being done we're still being told to walk with our keys between our hands yeah like it's disgrace it's a disgrace and then you know that sometimes you know quite often if not all the time it is completely just twisted and misrepresented or you know not all men and you're like I don't know what men do you know yeah how am I supposed to know that I don't know what men of course I'm going to be afraid it's It's, all women are afraid that's that should be the only thing that we need to say like it's not all men but we don't know which men do you know and that's only a recent experience of mine do you know there have been many more but like that still terrified me and like mm. I I had to warn that girl as well I could not I would not have been able to live with myself if I hadn't stopped her um mm. but yeah it's it's kind of that is an occurrence for women and yeah just sorry this is a very dark dark um conversation so uh we'll move on to nikki's book um i'd I'd give this book probably maybe a six or seven out of ten it is really well written it's just really long um there's a few there's a few flawed points with it for me very i think important read for some of the conversations discussed but some of the material might not have been handled as well as i would have yeah it's not something it's not something i'm going to read I'm not comfortable no. and uh, I'd um, say there's gonna be a lot of people not comfortable with exactly. that exactly you know um if I had known if I had reread the blurb <laughs> or maybe <laughs> looked at some reviews before reading this I might have been more prepared but I wasn't and um oh yeah. so um oh no an alarm went off and I thought it was gonna go off for the whole thing and I was like oh my god but it went off straight away it's fine so anyway uh I'll I think I have put in type stamps um, so this is Nikki's book. So we are doing People Like Her by Ellery Lloyd. And this is a very eye-catching book, actually. I have seen it's this. It's such a good cover. I haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't read the blurb. Um, so we've got a few reviews on it. Breath, Breathlessly Fast, Brilliantly Original by Claire McIntosh. And I think she's a thriller writer, mystery uh, murder. I can check that actually when so. you're um eye-opening and compelling by Harriet Wright. Harriet Tice, what an unusual surname, and followed by millions, hunted by one. Okay, that gives me. Oh, I was already thinking about a yeah, plotline no, for this, and this oh, is this a... is just right up my alley. Right, so yeah. <laughs> yes, my research book notebook is away. 
<laughs> I'm sitting back in my chair, ready to go. Becca's so, brainstorming, bitch. <laughs> so I already was kind of thinking of ideas. Um, uh, note, there is no mermaid. <laughs> in this there book. is. Not in this book. <laughs> um nikki's gonna create a mermaid cult there we go yeah yeah so it's a very striking <laughs> <cover>. <laughs> um it, this the title of this episode is gonna be Eskmanal. <laughs> <laughs> that's nothing you could do about it <laughs> um so and people that aren't from ireland aren't gonna know exactly anything Eesk- about the title all you need to know is Eskmanal. <laughs> <laughs> okay so this uh, background is a very bright orange. It's giving me insatiable vibes straight away. Um, it's kind of more like um, stop sign or road is it? orange. Stop yeah, signs are red. No, but like, you know, that caution orange. Like it's really neon-y. Okay. I'm still getting kinda... insatiable because that was neon as well. <laughs> um, was it? It was, Oh, I yeah. think it was. Yeah, you're right. Then, I, I um, had a... In my head differently. So then the photo then in the center is uh, of a woman peeking out her shutters. And what I really like is that the orange has been cut into the photo to make it look like um, a window frame, which I really mm-hmm. like. That is that's kind of cool. And then um, did you notice the little. Oh, it's it's. um Oh, it's like an Instagram. Yeah. Ah, so it looks Instagram. like the grid of Instagram, but yeah. also like a window it's it's a great cover it's one of my favorite covers we've had it is very good um so and then people like her is written in big beautiful kind of yellow and it's a nice yellow actually it's like muted yellow Um, it's a chloe yellow yeah i do like this yellow Mm -hmm. with ellery lloyd so immediately i was already thinking i was like this is going to be like an instagram influencer yeah. I was right so I'm gonna say that oh, I'm gonna go with oh hmm okay so this is a lifestyle Instagrammer I think um I don't really I don't think I follow any of them <laughs> so it's gonna be one that's fictional so a lifestyle Instagrammer she has a beautiful home I'm gonna say she's, she's probably living in LA um she's moved there for her career I think she's based she's from originally I'm gonna say maybe Boston I've always wanted to go to Boston I think she's originally from a lot Boston. of Irish in Boston there is yeah my answer Boston. in Boston <laughs> yeah we so, just watched um the oh it's called the robbery or the bank or the job or the oh yeah something. Ben Ben Affleck yeah and uh Jeremy yeah. Renner <laughs> and he's <Yeah>. in Boston <laughs> Very hard Jeremy accent, Renner. apparently, to do the Boston one. Yeah, but um, it's all uh, Jeremy Renner does, to be honest. <laughs> but anyway, going back into the book. So she has recently moved to LA and she's renting this beautiful, like, little bungalow house. And, you know, she's documented the whole process of, you know, moving country and, like, thanking. Say so she has, like, a cute little name for her Instagram followers. She moves you know. country. So, not moves country, moves... Um, <laughs> state <laughs> um halfway across the country um and i'm gonna say she has like a really like cute little name for her um followers you know like some of them are like oh my bumblebees or my buzzy bees or something like that it's very cute and you know the whole way no around... no no decide what it is i want to know 
I'm not going to come up with anything cute. Like oh, the go. first thing that I look at is I'm looking at this lovely like giraffe pencil holder that my family got me for Christmas. And I'm like, the cute giraffes. My little knobbly need freaks. <laughs> my little knobbly knees. <laughs> I do have knobbly knees. Um, but so I'm going to say like she's she's renovated like it was a it was a dump that she she kind of got and like she's renovating it as part of her rental agreement so that she gets you know um, content for her Instagram but as well um, it's great for the agency or whatever landlord owns the place and um, she completely does it up like it's beautiful I'm imagining like my ideal home and mm-hmm. um, so you can imagine that too but um the whole way along she's kind of not really she's getting more followers now that she's moved to LA she's doing lots of collabs with people um she's going to events so she's getting a lot more of a public image and eventually there's and what I'm going to say is she hasn't done the best at not doxing herself you know she's taken oh, no. photographs of the outside of the house and posted it online do you know Honey, there, no. there might be photos she's that like she's me. taken of of the house and you know her i accidentally doxed chloe on this yeah i, and I, I accidentally i have to edit it i dox chloe every single week <laughs> yeah and chloe has to repeatedly remind you not to dox her but um she you know she'll take a photo and like there's an envelope with her address on it like it's in the background but if someone wanted to see it they can see it so eventually she starts getting these messages on instagram or message requests and she's like okay like if it's a fan i'll talk to them and anyway the first one is like i love you so much and she's like oh great or like i love what you've done to the house and she responds you know because people like her engagement she's really you know (laughs) she's likable um, from what they see from the outside obviously we might know a lot more about her that you know she's in a very toxic relationship with her boyfriend that since they have both moved to LA he's really gotten like oh fame you know as this like second hand and like he's going out partying all the time he's not there for her anymore um, you know she thinks he might be cheating on her all this kind of stuff so she interacts with this person and they're like oh my god I'm an aspiring um influencer as well and she's like oh my god can you give me tips for like starting out and she like tells her like oh just do something that you really enjoy that's how I started um you know f- your photos are everything you know they want really engaging photos you know things like that you know make your you know engage with your followers you know um and she, like she tells her like if you want me to like promote it on my page I absolutely will all this kind of stuff so she, she comes across as like really wanting to help someone but in the end this kind of turns into someone that she ends up talking to a lot and you know um so then she tells her like I'm starting to get this like really creepy mail um from from I don't know like I think it could I might have a stalker like it's it's now pictures of her Mm. um like around and about you know she's doing her shopping or you know she's going after her yoga class or you know she's just driving around and like it's after yoga she's sweaty she's like this is she really is beginning not, she's not instagramming herself she's not instagram herself you know <laughs> and she's like this is really disturbing and then suddenly she starts getting photos of herself and her boyfriend fighting in the house like the shutters oh. are kind of mildly open and she's like okay so she goes to the police and they're like we can't really do anything you know because apparently stalking is very hard to report um and she's like look they're like you don't know who it is we can't get a restraining order like if they start getting more threatening like come in 
and anyway she starts like ranting to this person of like oh my god I'm, I'm starting to get really scared and they're like no don't worry I'm sure they'll stop and it ramps up and um you know now her boyfriend is getting like emails threatening that he should leave her that you know he's no good for her and mm. like then he starts being like who have you told about me like what have you been saying like I'm the best thing that's ever happened to you all this kind of stuff like who would stay with you all this you know through this massive life change and mm-hmm. it's all just going exploding inwards um or imploding and mm-hmm. she's she's just like ah so eventually this person she finds out that there is now an instagram account that posts these photos online of her oh, that they've God. taken that she re- previously had been receiving hence why we have the instagram uh layer on the front um and she completely starts freaking out she gets in contact with the police she's like i feel like they have pictures of me now alone in the house like he's moved out um oh i i, yeah. I, I am on my own please somebody come help me and and eventually the stalker arrives and um she hasn't been in contact with the instagram person that she had been talking to like they've disappeared off the face of the earth um and you know she's getting like lots of like oh my god what's happening in her personal life like the wash influencers don't um post on you know post on themselves online that we find out eventually you know seeing this inner part of her life and she's there kind of going like you have no right to know any of this kind of personal information you know blah blah whatever I choose to put out is what I put Mm -hmm. out and she's trying to fight kind of back at press and like drama channels and all that kind of stuff that's going on and you know what was once really an enjoyable thing that suddenly turned into her profession is her worst nightmare and anyway she's she's dealing with this she's like triple locked her door like she's got all these extra safety measures put onto the house now and if she gets a doorbell ring and um she sees from the um it's she can't really see a face and she's like look I'm not letting you in they're like no no it's your friend from Instagram I came to like cheer you up and anyway, she lets them in and it's her stalker oh and no <laughs> I think we all saw that coming like that was yeah no we did in fairness we, we all was, saw like, that that the was most coming. predictable outcome <laughs> it's, it's predictable like I'd have to rework this if I was writing it and, yeah there'd, um, there'd be a couple of a couple of more there'd be a couple more like like spins <laughs> yeah there'd have to be Twist. some more twists and turns around the way and eventually I think this kind of turns into like a hostage situation that like ah! you know that they're like look you're not doing well at your own life I'll just take over kind of thing and <gasps> it, it just or maybe he wants to be like the the Instagram couple true it could be that as well and I'd it's say like, it all just kind of how much you love me I, I think it's kind of her fight for survival then of trying to get away from this person mm. that she's locked in her house she has no methods like he takes the phone he takes everything like cuts off all communication with the outside world and you know people are just like she's taking an internet break because of all everything that's happening over the past while so people think it's normal that she's not posting um, this is misery bitch like <laughs> It all just, I, I'd say, it turns out very bloody at the end. That she has to fire way out of the house, and you know. Oh yes, and she gets out. Yeah, I'm gonna say oh he God. gets stabbed multiple times with the kitchen. Yes. Mm. Okay, I'm so excited to tell you about this book because <laughs> it's definitely um, not about that. <laughs> no, like you're not like to be honest with like the cover is so good that like mm. that you're right on the vibe. 
Okay. Now it is about an Instagram influencer <sighs> and there is someone who stalks her. Okay. And uh, no, I, I mean love- I think that was pretty obvious. From yeah, the yeah, cover, yeah. But-, but but like, oh, I just I love the premise of this book because the Instagram influencer we're talking about is a mom Instagram account. Oh. It's called Mama Bear. It's a girl called Emmy Jackson. And um this is the main character, by the way. <laughs> I'm gonna like win him. This book is by Ellery Lloyd and the main character is Emmy Jackson because when I was writing my notes I kept calling the author Emmy and the, and the character Ellery. Oh God, I don't I can know. see where this is going to go now for the episode. <laughs> okay but um, this is a book about Emmy Jackson. She is an Instagram influencer who has a mom account called Mama Bear and her whole brand that she's kind of cultivated is that like She's a mom. She's in sweatpants all the time. She barely sleeps because she's got two kids. She's got Coco and then her youngest son is Bear, who's only a couple of months old. And Coco's about three. So her whole brand is like, you know, she'll post a picture and she'll like have her shirt on backwards. And she'll be like, my morning was crazy, but we're having a great time. I love being a mom. It's hard work, but it's great. And she's kind of that source of inspiration for other moms. And Mm -hmm. she'll she has like um, hit a million followers and um, people message her all the time. And her thing is she writes back to everyone Mm -hmm. and she never says anything too specific with advice, but she's always like, you can do it, mom. You're that kid's whole world and you're doing amazing. It's all about the love. She's a bit preachy. Okay. um, That's Emmy. Her, this book then has three narratives. So the second narrative that you get is Dan, her husband, who is an, a writer who has had one book release um, that kind of went down quite well and ever since has been trying in the last eight years to write another one. So mm-hmm. it's not going so well for him. He's really frustrated. And then seeing his wife get really famous on Instagram, he's a bit baffled by it. And then in the beginning, he's a bit he's a bit odd because like she only writes Instagram captions and it's going oh, really well for her. But and, and he's a male bit resentful. Mm. Yeah, but he do, he loves her and he always talks about like the first time they met and like how he just knew he wanted to marry her and he's never doubted it. And she's a great mom and he really through the book, even though you get like a, a, a hint of like oh like it's kind of naff and it's kind of it's really fake he then will turn it around and be like she's built like this amazing legacy and like she's super mom super mom whatever and it's that whole it, it's written very well because it isn't like it it is that back and forth of love and jealousy and it's it's quite good mm. then you get introduced to a third narrative and it is written in italics every time so you always know this is another narrator and it's someone who hates emmy absolutely loads her hates her um wants to hurt her and through this book you're kind of left wondering like who this person is um and why they hate her and it's very very well it's very very brilliantly unraveled and the pace is really good um when you find details out about this person so um this book starts with Emmy at like an awards event and she's, you know, doing her whole spiel. She's talking, she's interacting with the crowd. And Dan, her husband, is a little bit kind of 
oh, it's a bit naff and I'm I'm the writer, but she's doing great. Mm-hmm. And they have their young daughter, Coco, and they have Bear. And Dan is always paranoid about like her putting her whole life online and being, you know, like having everything out. But she's extremely, extremely coordinated with her social mm. media. So her social media is all better. Kids don't sleep. She's a messy mom. She's doing her best. Things are hard. But actually, in reality, like their house is spotless. Their kids sleep nine hours every single night. They're kind of wonderful children and they're really easily managed. But she realizes pretty early on in her Instagram that like that's not what people want to see. She doesn't Mm. want to be the Instagrammer who's bragging all the time. So she kind of makes herself relatable. Mm. And like there's a scene where like the um, a local newspaper come to interview her and that morning she like gets Coco the three-year-old and she's like we're gonna play a game we're gonna mess up the house <laughs> like makes Coco like throw things everywhere and like absolutely ruin the place so that when the interviewers come in they're like oh my god like <laughs> this is exactly what we pictured this is mama bear she lives in chaos mm. and she's very very coordinated on social media and she's very careful with all the lies that she tells okay so you know she'll talk about how her kids are hard to manage and that like um like people will message her about like codependent sleeping which is when you sleep in the same bed as your child and she's like we had to do that for years da 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 even though they didn't even though it's all been a breeze Mm. um the book continues on and we're getting this kind of sense of looming that something's going to happen with the stalker and even though she is so clever with um hiding their address hiding all of these things she slipped up once or twice and this person has been waiting to catch her so the first like sign that something's going wrong is quite early on in the book and I'm only going to tell up as far as here because I just I love the twists and turns and I love the way you kind of don't know it it, what's going to happen isn't what you thought was going to happen all the time um but uh Dan goes to a supermarket or a shopping center with Coco the three-year-old and he's just trying to get her new school shoes and they go to all these different shops and like with a three-year-old, you know, your eye has to be on the child. Like they're just yeah, going to run. Yeah. <laughs> so he's with her and he's he's getting on fine. And it's literally a split second at the counter where he takes out his wallet and puts in his card. And he turns around and Coco's gone. Oh, and he's like, oh, for fuck's sake. And he quickly punches in his card and he takes his card. And he kind of runs down the shop with his bags, like kind of Coco, Coco, looking for her. And when he realizes she isn't in the shop anymore, he panics. He leaves his bags. He runs through the supermarket or the shopping center looking for her. Um, and it's this really scary kind of moment when you're reading because you're like, oh, fuck, like shit is hitting the fan so quick. Like take it out on Emmy, not on the child. Oh, my God. Um, but he finds her. Um, I think it's eight minutes of terror for him where he doesn't know where she eight is. Eight minutes and of like, hell for a parent. Oh, it's written so well because like I genuinely was like, oh, my God, no. So he finds her and she's outside a bookshop and he spots that she's with an older lady in like the shawl and he's like, thank Christ. So he's on the escalator and he's like running down to get to her and um, there's like a bar right in the way like he has to walk around and when he gets to her the older woman is gone and Coco's by herself. Mm. He's kind of like, oh, what the hell? But he's 
filled relief he picks up Coco and he's like oh my god where did you go like you you know we've told you this before you can't do that and Coco's like oh sorry sorry like a three-year-old and then he notices that in her hands is this like really aged old dirty teddy like really old like matted Mm. disgusting and like like the way he describes it he's looking at it and he's like what on earth is in her hands so he asks her about it and Coco's kind of like nothing nothing and Coco's like a little liar (laughs) she's in she's in nursery school and like she tells all her friends that like all these bizarre things happens to her and she's always making up stories and it's just Coco and he's kind of like no what happened and she won't tell him and he's so freaked out that he grabs this toy off her and he like throws another bin and he's really angry and then Coco like there's no way Coco's telling him what happened. She's pissed. Like she's a three-year-old who's odd and she wants the teddy. And he's kind of like, no, no, we'll get you a nicer one. And he brings her home. He's rang Emmy, who's like rushing home. And there's like a lot of tension between the couple from there on in. Because she's kind of saying like, you could have killed my child. I could never look at you again if something happened. And Mm. I can't even look at you now. I'm so angry. And Coco, in the meantime, hasn't told him what happened with this doll. He's paranoid that it's something to do with online. And he doesn't know what to think. It's all bizarre. And the book unravels from there. And oh, it's very good. It's very, very, very good. So this is written by Ellery Lloyd. And interestingly, that's actually a pseudonym for oh, wow. a London, a London-based husband and wife who write together. Oh wow, nice. that is so interesting. Yeah. So it's Colette Lyons and Paul Velitos. And Colette is a journalist and an editor. And um she used to be like a content director for L. And um, she's written for The Guardian and The Telegraph. And Paul is the author of Welcome to the Working Week and Every Day is Like a Sunday. And he teaches um, English English literature and creative writing at the University of Surrey. And this is like their first novel. I think that's so cool that there's so like a cool. husband and wife wrote this. Yeah. And you know what? It makes sense now. They don't go into who wrote what chapter. Mm. It is very much like kind of founded together. But then, like, the characters are very well established. They all have very different minds. Um, Mm. Emmy is very much, like, she's actually quite selfish. And we get that opinion of her quite quickly. But she does love her family. And she does love her kids. But, like, there's moments where she's a bit regretful that she's become a mom. Because she misses, like, being really glamorous. And, you know, it's the fact that she can still be really glamorous and have the time to do that. But she's built her whole career now on being... A messy mom which she doesn't mm. really identify with so she's always a little bit resentful in that way um but she she does what she has to do to to provide for her family and um then her husband dan is really loving of her but also really insecure in himself and it kind of comes across quite a lot um i love the way coco is written <laughs> i think she's like a real a real imagined three-year-old mm. <laughs> like she's it, she's very like funny and like um even though you don't see a lot of her in the book she just sounds real like I can <laughs> I think I taught a Coco before <laughs> and then like she's got an agent there's a PR um like assistant who comes in and every character is very well written and really well placed even this villain that's kind of looming mm. you'll you'll learn to sympathize with 
and uh, yeah, it's a really good book. I read it in, I think, only like two sittings. And the only reason I did it, didn't did read it in one is I started reading it on a morning that I had work and I had to come back and finish it later. It's very, <laughs> very, very good. Um, in terms of what I'd rate it, I'd rate it about a seven out of 10 because it is mm-hmm. quite cheesy and it's quite simple at times. Like the writing is very, it's very easy to flick through. I don't think this book is going to stay with me long after I've read it, but I really enjoyed it. And I think it's a great story. And it was a perfect book to pick up after reading a couple of dark ones like that. The one I read before it was um, Luster. And Mm. I just read The Last Thing to Burn. And I kind of wanted something a little bit less grim. And this was very, very good. And I could see it as a Netflix show, like easily. Mm. Um, There's a lot of twists. There's a lot of turns. It's like and any any times like the penny drops and something something evil kind of lurks. It's like an oh, <laughs> it's very, very good. I really, really enjoyed it. So I'd really recommend this to everyone. It's mm. just a really good book. Um, it makes me scared about having a child because of all the things that can go wrong. Well, I think as well, I <laughs> maybe it's kind of I remember we got a talk when I was like in fifth year, fourth year, fifth year about like from a criminologist about like social media and like how like like I knew it was you know like you don't know who's on the internet like uh or who will see whatever you post but you're like this is scary like I don't think I could ever post pictures of like my children yeah she has rules like she has like it's funny because like I do follow um a couple of mom accounts like I follow like Mrs. Hinch and I follow mm. Stacey Solomon who are the big cleaners on Instagram and they will post their kids like all the time yeah all the time you know exactly what the kids look like and that would be very like um Emmy in this book we know exactly what the kids look like um she'll write about them all the time and the only thing like she won't post anything um she won't post any pictures where the child is wearing something that is sexualized usually when it's adults yeah. so she won't post them in the pool she won't post anything like that and she won't post their uniforms all the usual mm-hmm. like the things you wouldn't do but then I, I kind of realized how uncomfortable I am with knowing what like Mrs. Hinch and Stacey Sullivan's kids look like like if yeah. I spotted them walking I'd know the child yeah. more, like as well as I'd know Mrs. Hinch and I love Mrs. Hinch and I follow another really great um social media account it's Charlotte Jacqueline I oh I follow her because she dresses like exactly how I want to dress. (laughs) She is beautiful, and her philosophy with her child is her child really isn't posted. And if they are, it's like you can only see the child's hair and their back. And there's like a cute one where they're like wearing matching outfits, and Charlotte's turned back looking at the camera, but the child Mm. is still walking ahead. And she's very protective of her in that way. Like you never Mm. see anything to do with her daughter and like you'll only ever see like her little hands if they've made a cake or something and she won't show her face and I think as far as like comfort level that seems really nice Mm. and I I think it's good for the child because like there's conversations in this about like um the people that really disagree with what she's doing like posting her family online and like what about when Coco like what if Coco wants to become a politician and all of this info is out about her being a screaming toddler and like already like a public persona like it is going to limit her 
you know, and it isn't something that a child can consent to being that online because they can't understand yeah. it. No, and exactly. Also, there's not many children have grown up with this amount of online exposure mm. early on. So we don't know how it it's going to affect people. It's a very new issue. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting conversation. And, you know, you're you're there kind of going like it is the parents own choice to do that and you know it's their yeah their decision because they are their legal, legal guardians but it is an interesting one you know um it's one I don't I don't think we're going to fully understand the conversation until we've kind of seen what what mm. it can lead to because like you know Stacy and Mrs Hinch they seem like absolutely happy families and they're very there's you know like they, they seem like they're doing it right mm. but then I don't know. I do feel like I'm peeking in the window, like this cover a little bit. Like it feels a bit wrong sometimes when you think mm. about it, that I know that much about a family. That's the um, same with any influencer though. Like how yeah. much of their, like we only see a portion of their lives. That's the thing, what they want us to see. We never yeah, really see just the full like, thing, but. Yeah, just like Emmy, sure. Like she on the outskirts is this really messy mom. And actually she has mm. quite a grandeur life that no one yeah. knows about. And it's it's just very interesting. And um, you will you will hate a lot of these characters that you you go from hating them and wishing them the best to like loving them and then hating them again. It's, <laughs> it's very, very, very good. Um, no one is 100 percent innocent in this. It's great. Book. I will. What I will say, though, is the bit where he the he loses the child in the, the shop. Like, why did you not alert security and like the shop oh it's like a moment of panic and he's running around like have you seen my daughter have you seen my daughter even then people running. being like right amber alert shut the whole soup um whole shopping center down like yeah i don't know i could happen. like yeah but, but again, i could panic. see why it didn't you know like it is raw panic and he's asking people and they're kind of like no i haven't seen her and they're not really that fussed. And he's like, she's three. She's this size. And they're like, no. But yes, I would recommend this book. Please read it. It's so, so brilliant. Yeah, no, I am. I am intrigued by that book. But, yeah, it's um, it's just a good read. With that, um, apologies for such a dark book today. Um, I will try to pick out something lighter for next week if I have something. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed. I and yeah um yeah nikki is completely distracted already with the book that she's currently yeah, reading um rude <laughs> um with that uh it'll be a bye from us go follow us on instagram and twitter and goodreads bye <laughs> bye love you bye bye